Before we start the show, I want to thank the thousands of you, the thousands who have read This Book Will Make You Dangerous. Many of you have told me that the book's unique way of exploring fear, confidence, and purpose has had a lasting impact, that it's much easier for you to get clarity and direction about what really matters and what you want to do in this lifetime. It's also amazing to hear that quite a few of you have read it multiple times and even bought copies for friends. So thank you again. Just in case you weren't aware, I created a free companion video course for the book. And in these videos, I walk you through the big takeaways and practices from each chapter. And I even cover some extra stuff that's not included in the book. Information on how to access the course is in newer versions of the book. And if you own an older version of the book and you don't know how to access the course, just hit me up via the contact form at triplinear.com and we'll get you all set up. And one last thing, if you're one of the thousands who have already read the book, please consider leaving an honest review on Amazon so that others can decide if it's right for them. Again, thank you so much for reading. This book will make you dangerous. And now let's start the show. You are listening to The New Man, Beyond the Macho Jerk and the New Age Wimp. Your host is men's coach, Trip Lanier. Do you fear failure or success? Does worrying about what others think stop you from taking risks? And if you're feeling stuck, what's the best way to get moving again? Today, Anthony Mindel is here to talk about failure, success, and how to give fear the finger. Welcome to The New Man. Today, I'm talking with Anthony Mindel. He's the award-winning television and film writer, producer, director, and actor. And he's also the author of At Left Brain, Turn Right, An Uncommon Path to Shutting Up Your Inner Critic, Giving Fear the Finger, and Having an Amazing Life. I love that title. Uh, Anthony, I'm going to call you Tony. Tony, welcome to the show. Okay. Thank you. Yeah, I guess like, wow, hearing that title out loud, I was like, well, I think we just heard it all. I think we can go have a beer now. <laughs> sort of like that says it all, right? That's like it. We're done. Finger and, and kind of going for it. Tell me a little bit about how you got here because you, you're, you're out in Los Angeles, right? Yes. Okay. And so, what, you know, what, in that context, because, you know, this is, for lack of a better term, personal development for the, for the rest of us out here. So you're, you're in, out in, in, in Los Angeles and you're working with acting students. Is that right? Was this geared towards yeah. more to the creative type? I mean, yeah, sorry. I mean, I, I like, you know, that's, that's where, um, like all of my work really has come out of my studio and the work that I'm doing with actors there. And, um, you know, I found that the, the applications of the work that I was doing though, the transcended just, it wasn't just for actors. So the book became something more than, you know, just a, like a how-to book for actors. And I really discovered that these were, you know, sort of principles and, and guidelines for everybody. And like part of my philosophy is that we're all artists. Like it doesn't matter if you're a banker by day or you actually, you know, are a painter. It doesn't matter. Like we all have sort of an, uh, an inner artist that is wanting to have expression in the world. And so trying to find a way of doing that so that you're feeling like all parts of yourself are being fulfilled. So that's a lot of the stuff that I teach and kind of getting out of our own way so that we can actually do that. Um, 
but yeah, it started working. It's, and I continue to work with actors. Like I have a studio in New York now and I kind of go all over the world and, and teach this work. Wow. So we're going to talk about the fear of failure and fear of success in a, in a minute, but I, I, I'm now my curiosity is peaked. Why does an actor, what, what's, what is personal development or what is like getting out of the way of ourselves? How's that going to help somebody be a better actor? Well, I think, you know, it's interesting because acting to me is sort of, I don't know, being in LA is sort of, you're like in the lion's den in a way of like all these things that I think come up for people. It comes up for us in LA because I think, you know, LA is a place where it's very, um, uh, I don't want to say superficial, but I guess in many Go ways ahead. it is like people focus <laughs> on things that are external. And so I think if you focus, if you're focusing on that kind of stuff, then you're going to, you're going to constantly sort of get stuck on, uh, I think in that vicious cycle of, of not really being able to go inside to do the things that you want to do. And when I mean inside, I mean going inside yourself because I find with actors, just like people like, if we're worried about what everybody thinks or how it looks or what people, what people are going to say, or what do we think that they're looking for? Or can I say the right thing? Or am I measuring up in the eyes of what other people, what we, what we think they're looking at? It, it just, you end up sort of, uh, you know, uh, I think handcuffing yourself. Like uh, everything that I'm helping actors do is like, you know what? Nobody knows. And I actually don't think that that's an original theory of mine. I think like people who've been in Hollywood for a long time keep saying it. Like, and I think that, that again, that, that covers everything in life. Like nobody knows, like you, you're the answer for the thing that you're wanting to have happen in life, but it requires you to just step out and make a stand for it. So, you know, for actors, like going into a casting office, like, you know, the problem that actors face is that they're going in trying to be or do or show the casting directors or the producers or the directors what they think they're wanting. And the truth is, is they don't know what they're wanting until you come in and you're sort of the answer to their casting solution. So it's getting actors freed up to be brave enough to express themselves the way they want to do it. And then all of a sudden, oh, like you start to get work and you start to move forward in your career and you start to get jobs. And so I think those... I think that has implications for, for other things besides acting. Like, where do we hold ourselves back? You know, like you're, I don't know, you're standing in a Starbucks, uh, you're standing in line at a Starbucks and there's a pretty girl in front of you and you want to say hi, but you don't say hi because you think, oh, she's going to think I'm a stalker or I'm weird or she's going to say no or she's going to reject me. And so you listen to your left brain chatter and then you just order your coffee and then you leave and you walk out the door and you're like, fuck, I should have said hello. I should have introduced myself. And so to me, it's life is about missed moments and they're missed moments because you're in your head as opposed to being fully expressed. I love that. They're missed moments because you're playing a role. You're playing this role of who, the, who I should be. Who do they expect exactly. me to be? And, and how, and how we think we're being perceived. Right. You know, there's a, there's a funny saying trip, like, you know, we're so concerned what we think other people are thinking about us, but the truth is what, are, what are other people thinking about? They're thinking about themselves. They're not, nobody's really thinking about us in the way that we think about ourselves. So uh, I think it can be very liberating to like be out in the world and realize like nobody really cares about you. And I don't mean that in a disrespectful way. I'm just talking about everybody's trying to solve problems and everybody's solving problems in relation to the problems in their own life, whether that's a job problem or in the acting world, a casting problem or, you know, uh, so we, we're so oriented toward what, how we think we're being perceived, but people are only perceiving us vis-a-vis their own stuff. So I think that can be really liberating when you begin to realize like, whoa, 
Like if you think about yourself, what do you think about on a daily basis? Yourself, you know, my problems, my things, who's going to, you know, help me or get me through this thing. I've got this challenge, you know, what's going to, you know, basically how's that going to help me kind of thing. Yeah. It's all filtered through, you know, our ego needs, which at one level it's, we need to have, you know, we have an ego and it's, it's important for us to have an ego and function through the world. But I think, I think it's just beginning to have awareness to dismantle that part that keeps us from being active in the world in a way that we want to be activated. It keeps us from showing up fully and, and it takes totally guts it. to show up fully because that part of us is like, it's convinced that it's got the recipe of what we need to do in order to be successful or to get laid or to get more money or to be safe or whatever. It's got this yeah. theory and it's okay. And so, well, it, it's interesting because you, you, you were, you were talking there about, you know, the, that everybody just kind of cares about themselves. And, it, and when I'm talking to guys where I'm talking to coaching clients or whatever, and they're, they're scared of that next step, what, what will they think of me? I'm always thinking, do you realize how hard people work to get other people's attention? I mean, do you, do you think Lady Gaga could just like stroll down the street? Like she wears all that shit for a reason because she's working really hard to keep people talking about her and, and yeah. other people too. So it, it, it's, it's a lot of work to, to get people to think about you and talk about you. Um, so relax is basically kind of what I'm hearing you say. Yeah, but you also you you know you also said a word uh, a little bit ago that really triggered something to me. You said the word safety, and like I think that's a lot of what the ego does. Is the ego keeps us safe because it keeps us connected to what we know. But nothing really, the things that we're really wanting in life are all in the unknown, and so you're having to have the distinction of of knowing and understanding like when safety is incompatible with creativity and safety and comfort is incompatible with really the things that you want. And if you look at your own life, the things that you've accomplished, whether it's, you know, for you creating this work that you're doing in your podcast and interviewing people, like all these things require you stepping out of your comfort zone and, you know, waking up one day and said, I'm just going to do it. But there's no sort of, there's not the, um, what's the saying? Like, you know, there's no guarantee, but you just do it anyway. And then all of a sudden, okay, even if the thing that we're wanting doesn't quite take the form that we think it's supposed to take, you know, and our, it doesn't fulfill the mind's picture of what we thought it was going to look like just by stepping out of our safety zone and taking action in the direction of what we're wanting, something else starts to unfold. So I think that's actually the genesis of creativity. And that's what I'm trying to help people do. But that, but it's very difficult to access that when you stay in your own left brain. And you think, know. Yeah. And I think we've got to shift our awareness of that because now we're talking about failure, right? If I take a chance, yes. if I if I step into the unknown and it's and it's a screw up, whatever that may mean, you know, if I if it's if it's a if it's a failure, then it's kind of over. And and I I see two basic types of of thinking out there. There's people that welcome that and like, yeah, it may sting and it may suck, but I'll learn from it and I'll keep going. I'll use that, that information from the failure. I'll use that experience from the failure. And then there's others that are like, no, I actually can't afford any kind of failure in my life. I can't waste any time, any energy, any embarrassment whatsoever. So I'm only going to stick with what I know. And those people are really miserable. So talk to me about this fear of failure, because you've, you've got an interesting take on it. You, you basically say that we're not really af- afraid of failure or something like that. What's your take on yeah. fear of failure? Well, I think, uh, I mean, there's two things. One is James Cameron talks about, um, you know, failure is an option. Fear is not. And just becoming aware of when we react out of fear that keeps us from stepping again into the unknown and stepping in and the unknown is what creates possibility. And so I think it's, 
again, you have to have the awareness of when we're shutting out possibility because we're too scared. We're scared about, again, what, what it's going to look like or what if it doesn't work out or what if it's embarrassing or what if I quote unquote fail. But I think that leads me to my other philosophy, which is I don't think we're scared of failure at all. I actually think we're scared of success. And you know, most people would be like, no, no, what are you talking about? I'm not scared of success. That's what I want in life. But again, I think it's a very subtle distinction. Like if you look at your own life and any of your listeners or, you know, people that I'm working with, your life is littered with failure, like string after string of failures (laughs) are, you know, and it's, and what's amazing about it is within each of those failures is the seed for success is created out of those things. But again, it's required you to take a step in the direction of what you're wanting, it sort of is moving you, you know, out of your comfort zone into possibility. And we don't think of it that way because after you've overcome the failure, you don't, you sort of, you're able to step out of your world and kind of have a bird's eye view and look at it. And you see like, oh, okay, it's all part of, it's all working on the same path. It's all part of the same sort of, um, you know, it's like, it's, I had to have that in order to have gotten here. And so we don't think of those things as failure, right? So they are actually leading us to insight and growth and, you know, possibility. But so I think the thing that I'm trying to get people to understand is that I think it's mostly about our fear of, well, we attribute success, we tie up success with our own self-worth and our self-esteem. And so a lot of us are not really aware that our self-esteem and self-worth, you know, is low and is needing development, is needing growth and is needing self-love and is needing care and is needing nurture. And so a lot of the stuff that I'm doing is a lot of that happens by just continuing to put yourself in a position of failure because you begin to realize like, okay, actually there is no such thing as failure. It's just, it's not, it's a myth. You know, uh, I think anybody that we really are inspired by or we're you know, we, we consider role models again. Like I, I think I look at James Cameron and like, you know, one of his first movies was Piranha two. And then he ended up doing avatar. Well, avatar could not have been created had he not stepped into that failure called Piranha two. So Piranha two was part of the Genesis of his, of his further successes. So it's really getting people to like step into possibility where their own fear of it is, well, it's not going to look the way I think it's going to look. Or what if, what if it is a quote unquote a failure? And so getting them to understand that that's just like a dialogue that they're having with themselves that's keeping them from really stepping into it. And I can imagine that, um, that, that failure on it, you know, it's relative, right? It's like, what am I willing to screw up? Like if I'm in an acting class, am I willing to screw up in front of my you know, my, my fellow students, that's, that's edgy, but it's okay. But I'm not willing to screw up in front of a live audience, you know, somewhere, you know, on it. So is, talk a little bit about that edge there of what am I willing to risk? Well, I mean, I think again, it's all, you just said it, it's all relative. Like I can't get to, I can't get to a bigger, um, like you're, you're using that example of being willing to fail like an acting class, but I'm not willing to fail in front of a group of people on a large show. But I think what's interesting is you can't really get to being to, to be at risk of uh, failing in front of a large group of people until you've taken the steps to get there. And part of the steps of getting there are taking a class, which create, you know, that muscle of 
surviving through the fear. And so basically it's cumulative. Like once you begin to master that, then new possibilities open out of just taking that step. But I think for a lot of people, actors included, they're scared to even just make that first step. So it's just like anything. If you make that first step and then you begin to work with what you have in front of you, then you begin to realize, okay, wow, this thing that seems so far out in the future or seemed to be such a scary thing or something that I couldn't have even imagined, maybe it was just a dream of mine, you actually begin to realize like, wow, I'm really close to having that thing, or actually you are doing that thing, and you realize like, okay, I can do this. I can get over my, my we keep using the word fear, but I can get over my fear of, of what I think this thing is going to look like or my failure in doing it because I've actually been doing it on a weekly, daily, monthly basis. So for me, it's all just about, you just got to get in the doing. You just got to get in the doing of it and the doing of it. And the more you start doing, uh, again, I think that the, the, the genesis of creativity or the science of creativity is our lives never look like we think they're going to look. I mean, I don't know about your life, but my life, you know, it's awesome that I'm having this interview with you, but I never would have even thought like a year ago, like after finishing this book, like that I'd be interviewed by all these people and be having these really interesting conversations. And so uh, I think the thing is, is it's always just stepping, just making the effort to step in the direction of what you want. And even if like, let's say your goal is to write a book and you only sell two copies and that in your mind is quote unquote, or not even in your mind, like maybe from a societal or cultural place, that's a quote unquote a failure just in doing that. What is the, what's the insight or what's the understanding that you have in doing it? You know, I think we live in a culture that's always about, um, you know, the end results. And so we, we do, we're doing things as a means to an end, but that's not, that's not really what life is about. Life is about being in it for the means. You know what I mean? Yeah. So if we shift our relationship, well, we got to shift to what success means, right? So yes. if it's yes. this, if it's all about the numbers or I beat this person or I'm better than that exactly. or, or yeah. whatever, then that's one way of looking at it. But on the other, it's just, it, I guess I just, I keep getting this thing in my head of like the next step is just the next step. It's not the end. It's not the pinnacle. And if we just, if we keep that mentality that the next step is simply the next step, then I I, I start to feel that risk and that danger go away. And it's just because it's like, oh, let's see what the next step brings. Let's, let's put it out there. Well, I think one of the things that I talk about in the book that I think is interesting and that was, you know, for me, a great insight as well is that the real reason why we're doing anything is really the process of it. Like, even even if people are like, no, that's not it. I want to do it because I want to be famous or I want to do it because I want, you know, three cars and a huge house and, you know, lots of bling bling or whatever. But well, really, no, because once you have achieved that great success, like, OK, well, what's next? The, the sort of the the DNA of who we are as creators constantly is is seeking to move to the next thing. That's called process. And so you master one thing, but then you're not going to be done. You want to move on to the next. And so, you know, you just said it like it's, they're all steps. And it's, I think it's like, I think of it as a vertical journey as opposed to a horizontal one, because there is no getting to anywhere. There's just, Mm. there's nowhere you look, I just published a book. This is great. And I'm excited about, you know, talking about it. And yet now I have desires for other things. Like there's, you know, another book maybe coming or so I think it's really about its process and so for me uh 
And I think, like I said, that the, what I find the science of it is that we're really in it to, for creation's sake, is that that's really what gets people exciting. Like the, the, the icing on the cake is, I guess, to get those material things, if that's something that is important to you. But once you get them, you're like, well, now I want four more cars and I want a bigger house and I want a hotter girlfriend. And so there's a little bit of, um, you know, I think a, a disconnect and I don't want to say psychosis cause that's a little strong of a word, but there is a bit of a, you know, a sort of poison in believing once I get that thing then everything is going to be great. Yeah, that comes or, back to those two mindsets of like one's just completely oriented oriented around safety and comfort. The other yeah. one's the other one is that ladder that you're talking about, and not like just an achievement ladder, but just the that curiosity of life. Like, well, what's next? Let's see where this goes. You know, Trip, it's interesting because there is a there is a there's a New York Times there's this other best selling book um, called Imagine, where the guy is a scientist and he's talking about creativity, very similar to how I am, and uh, and I've always thought this and I was wondering what the science was behind it. And he was talking about how when people achieve success, like there was this belief that as we get older in life, creativity begins to drop. And actually it's been disproven that actually our creative gene stays consistent throughout life. It's the same from when you're 20 until you're 80. But the only reason why the out, out, uh, the output of creative uh, exploration seems to start to drop after, let's say, 30 or 40 or whatever it is, is not because you're less creative. It's because you get attached to, you know, the way you identify yourself or the way you think people see you. Or in this case, let's say, like, you're a professor at a university and you get attached to your tenure. And so you're less likely to take risks because of the perceived safety, you know, the creature comforts that you've amassed. And that's true. As you get older in life, you know, I look at my parents who are amazing people and I have great respect for them, but I also see that that's, that's the challenge for us as, as people as not to get too attached to our things because your things begin to define you and they keep you from actually staying in sort of the, the free spirited, willful adventurer and seeker that we actually all are. And so that's science that's actually been proven that you're going to stay as creative as you've been since you were a teenager. It's just, you have to continue to come back to willing to take the risk. And a lot of people don't want to do that. Well, now I understand a lot more what you're talking about when we talk about that we're, we're afraid of success because success means that we take on the next thing and the next thing and the next thing, not in that chasing kind of empty soul kind of way, but just in that that exploration. And so if I'm, if I'm fearful of success, what I'm really afraid of is like, I want to just go on autopilot and I just want to get my, my, my gallon of ice cream and park my ass in front of the TV and just yeah. check out it. And I, I don't want to feel anything anymore. I don't want to be bothered anymore. And there's that drive, there's that part of us that just wants to settle in and like, yeah, I'm this guy. You're going to know me as this guy. And that's just kind of it. I'm going to hide out behind my moat. And, but now it's like, well, this path that you're describing of like continuously allowing ourselves to be continuously redefined and reinvented as we go, that is scary. I, I can, I can grasp that. Is that what you're pointing towards? Yeah. I mean, I, I think it's like, I think, I don't think of it as, as scary as it is. It's like maybe exciting or it's like, it's, it's certainly like the life force within you. You know, of course there's moments where we just want to sit our ass on the couch and just eat ice cream and watch, you know, ESPN or whatever. But like, but certainly there's also 
we get disgusted with that as well because there's a, a deeper part of ourselves that's yearning to, okay, what's the next thing? And so I think that the, the challenge is, is you have to be able to identify where do you get you're invested in the definitions of who you are. Like for me, like, look at, I have a really successful acting studio. And so if I, I mean, I, who knows what would have happened if I would have, you know, written this book and I would have sold one copy, you know what I mean? Well, so what? Like, I don't, it's, it doesn't, that doesn't make it a failure. Like, I think that's the thing is, is we're much more fluid and malleable and transformational than, than the way we see ourselves. Or again, it comes back to the thing we were talking about earlier, the way we think other people see us. And I, I, I don't think we see those things accurately. So I think the thing is, is we just have to try to try to stay in sort of the flow of it, you know, I mean, uh, that that's not woo woo. That's like really, again, science, like science talks about uh, the flow, which is is something I talk about in my book is called being in the zone and being in the zone. is just when you have these moments in your life, whether you're playing basketball or you're on a run and you know, the, the endorphins kick in or you're making love or you're, you know, whatever it is that you're doing where you feel like you're in timelessness. And so the awareness of, who you are from your left brain identification has sort of turned off and like you're doing an activity or you're, you're in the flow of something that seems like it lasts for five hours, but it may have only been five minutes. That's really the truth of who we are. And so it's trying to, trying to stay sort of integrated in those moments in life. And that's possible by turning off the left brain chatter. I, you know, that this is where I start to get that if I want to follow my passion or experience this state of flow, be in this creative space, then I've got to be willing to challenge these internal, this internal yeah. dialogue and this internal definition that wants to just put me in a box and keep me there. Yeah. Um, yeah. That, that following the passion is, is a, is a courageous path, um, path because it's going to challenge who I think I am. If I really surrender to that then I don't know what's on the other side of that. I don't know where I'll be a year from now, but I, if I just, it's, I get like this, the balancing of a basketball on the finger that it's this constant, uh, balancing act and constant motion that you can't just be static about it. You've got to stay engaged. And I think that's where the doing comes from. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. And I think it's also, you know, I, I think at first there feel, seems to be a bit of a, you know, like you said, I'm scared or maybe a bit of like a fear or excitement or anxiousness about it. But again, I think once you just do it, then you realize like, oh my God, I'm I'm fine. I'm breathing. I'm still alive. It's I've all, been screwing actually, up for years. I know yeah, how to do this. You know this. what I mean? <laughs> like, as opposed to, I was just in New York teaching and I was meeting with an old friend of mine and, you know, she's really stuck and I don't have, these aren't judgments. It's like factual and she knows it. But, you know, the sad thing is, is the opposite end of that is that she's anesthetized and she feels, you know, cut off and clinical and she's not feeling anything because she's not willing to take any kind of risk. I was like, I'll make up her name. I was like, Susan, you just need to like, you know, join a club, join a group, like get out there and take a class at the learning annex, whatever you have to do to just jumpstart that part of you that's dead. And I think that's the interesting thing is that when people get quote unquote depressed or they feel cut off from feeling, or they feel like they're just kind of like walking, like they're a zombie in their own life. It's only because the natural genetic 
spirit part of us that wants to seek, that wants to go on the adventure, that wants to try things, that actually wants to risk and to fail, they're cutting themselves off from that impulse. And so instead they do nothing. But then what's interesting about that is eventually it catches up with you. I mean, I'm sure you have friends or clients that you coach or people that you've talked to on these shows that, you know, they feel quote unquote stuck in life. Well, we feel stuck not because we don't have an inner voice or not because we don't have a dream or a goal, but because we're actually not being taught how to activate toward that thing. We're not listening or we're not, we're not, we've turned down. It's like we've, we've hit the mute switch and we're not able, we we can't, you know, you turn down one thing because it's painful. Well, you turn them all, all the signals down. Basically you turn the whole system down. So when we, we've, we've got to turn up the signals and be willing to listen because that's going to be the thing that we orient. Okay, here's where we go. Like the head in this direction. I have no idea how that's going to line up, but it's my hunch. It's this next, the next step is simply the next step. And this right here is the next step. I'm going to go for it. And I think even just, again, like all these, these points are, you know, connected or we've talked about it and repeat themselves is thematically is that even in just the attempt of moving in that direction, like other things will, you know, present themselves to you. And so your life starts to open up and change and you start to have access to things that you wouldn't have had access to if you don't take the step. And so it's really for me getting people out of stasis. It's getting them out of, you know, they're inert and getting them to just, okay, get off the couch figuratively and literally just like get off and get out and do something, you know, and then you'll just, it just, that's where possibility exists. And to me, it's just all possibility. And that's actually, you know, sorry to interrupt. I I think that's interesting too, is like we, we culturally have definitions of what we think success looks like. And I'm sorry. I think a successful life is not about, I mean, please, I mean, the people in our culture that are role models sometimes are people who are just YouTube sensations. And I don't really understand that. I mean, good for them, but I actually think a successful, whatever a successful life is, is that you're just actually out there living it. You're actually, so what if you haven't made a million dollars? So what if you don't, you know, you, you're not a famous actor on a TV show yet. If you're pursuing, moving in the direction creatively of those dreams, that's a successful life so that you look back and you're like, well, I did it. I'm doing it. You know, I think we just get stuck on the illusion of what we think it's supposed to look like and also the way it's fed to us. If, I, if I'm driving down the freeway and I see billboards of what I think success is supposed to look like, and in my own mind, I'm not matching or fulfilling those, those pictures, I'm setting myself up for defeat. And, you know, but the, the interesting thing is, is those pictures are illusions. Those things are not real. It's in, you know, we, and I think we know that in our brain, we tell ourselves yeah, but, that, but there's yeah. something we, oh, there's a part of us well, that grasps onto that stuff, man. That's a whole other conversation, maybe, yeah. but that's the whole, like, sort of the marketing, yeah. you know, the evil of marketing <laughs> in our culture that, you know, makes us not feel good about ourselves because we don't, you know, for women looking a certain way or weighing, you know, but men as well. I think the, the pressures for men to look and, you know, just superficially, I mean, that's just one level, but also, yeah, it's very subtle, but, um, and of course you said like, we know that, but at a deeper level, if you're constantly being bombarded with those images, you start to, you know, identify yourself to those images you constantly see. Yeah. It, to me, it comes back down to this, to the experience that we're having in life with the experience we have by engaging in the process the experience we have by engaging with others, it's, it's, it's joy. It's a, a deep happiness. It's a deep sense of satisfaction and fulfillment. Is that what you're pointing towards? Yeah. yeah. No, you totally just said it. I mean, like I sometimes ask people like, it's not, are you, 
It's not, are you surviving? Are you living? And then it's not, are you living? Are you thriving? You know, I think there's it's a, a scale of like looking how, looking at how awake you are to your life and how, you know, excited you are about things going on in your life. Even if there are not all, all the ducks aren't lined up. You know what? The, the bottom line is none, no ducks are lined up for anybody. And again, I think that's the illusion of it is that we think, you know, because we hear stories of successful people that it looks a certain way or it was different for them or that, you know, when God was passing out those, you know, those talents, we, we missed school that day. And none of that is true. Like Steven Spielberg, you know, is overcoming the same stuff a young filmmaker is making, you know, relative to their challenges. It's all, it's all relative. So I think it's just, and I think really interesting artists and successful people actually talk about that is that, you know, they've made it in spite of themselves or they've, they've done it just by doing these things that we're talking about. You know? I, I like this idea because I, I run across that too, is that there's even this, like, there's this imaginary thing. I'm like, oh, well, he's got something I don't, or that I person, yeah. you know, that, that person, you know, they're just luckier or whatever than I am. And, and, you know, a large part of it is like, are you showing up? Are you, are you paying attention to the signals? Are you putting yourself out there and giving it a shot. Um, because really, you know, a lot of it comes down to we're all kind of cut from the same stuff, but, um, let's talk about the guy that is stuck. That is, that yeah. is in this experience. What's one small thing. Cause I imagine it, it's going to be a big deal for him to get a little bit of momentum going. What's one thing that he could do today to just start to get engaged again? Well, I think, you know, a lot of what I help people do is break the myths that are holding us back. And I just, one thing that just popped out I me, mean, I'm not sure if this is in the book or not, but you know, I think it's important to rewrite our stories. And I think a lot of us are invested in the stories that we've been telling ourselves and that, that, that just came to me based on what you were just saying. And like, you know, if, if, if we keep telling ourselves, well, he has it better or he had it easier or he's got more talent or I've had a hard life or it never happens for me, or, you know, you're continuing to subtly and also specifically kind of relive those patterns. And so I think you have to look at what is my investment in, in telling these stories to myself? Well, if I'm invested in continuing to tell that story, I don't have to step out of my comfort zone and I don't have to like really take accountability or responsibility for, for that thing that's no longer serving me. So I think that's one, one way it's just sort of, okay, let's just shift the paradigm. Like you can change that. You know, I do talk in the book about neural grooves, like the science behind um, neuroplasticity in our brain, and that, you know, beliefs are just habits of thought. And a lot of the things that we, we tell ourselves are not based in reality. We just tell, we've just been telling ourselves those things over and over and over again. So they've become our belief, whether like you're a loser, you're fat, you're ugly, you're stupid, it's never going to happen for you, you know, and then more subtle things, but things that self-sabotage us. But scientifically, you can reboot those grooves and create, I call them happy trails, you know, like you can create a new trail in your brain that actually sort of creates a support network for you to get out of your own way and start to do it. So, you know, I think, I don't know if I specifically, did I specifically answer your question? Yeah, sure. that's fantastic. <laughs> well, that's great. It's just naming the assumption or naming this kind of water that we're swimming in and the, yes. basically the bullshit story that we tell ourselves over and over, well, I can't possibly do that because I got two kids and a wife. Yes. This is basically oh, yeah. the, the excuses and, and there's, we probably surrounded ourselves with others that are in on the bullshit too. They're like, Oh yeah, yeah. You probably, yeah, I can't do that either because of the same thing. You got to like, can you step outside of your life and just like, 
where am I full of shit? Like, why, yeah. where am I, you know, perpetuating this story that's holding me back? Well, I think one, you know, one specific way is you can enroll a friend. So like if, if let's say you and I are friends and I, I haven't really been doing what I really want to do. One way would be calling somebody who really it has to be somebody that is really supportive of you. And it can't be somebody who's going to, you know, shit on your goals and, right. and keep you stuck because there are people like that in our lives that are, are threatened by us actually pursuing and doing what we want to do because it makes them realize like they're not doing what they want to do, but that's all their story. But so one way would be, to call somebody who will help you stay accountable. It's like a buddy, you know what I mean? Like the buddy system where you express to your friend what it is that you're wanting to have happen or see happen in your life six months down the road. And okay, this person keeps you accountable. Um, I think, you know, it's, let's say you want to be an actor. Okay. Well, there's, I work with thousands of actors and I think, or there, and there are millions of actors in LA, let's say, and very few of them actually, take steps toward seeing the realization of that. There are many steps they can take, but just sitting around and saying, I'm an actor doesn't move you across the threshold of, of what you have to do to make that happen. So one way would be to take a class, you know, I want to be a writer. Okay. Well, what have you written? And then maybe the next step is now you need to have that read in front of a group of people, or, you know, you've always wanted to be a chef. Well, why don't you take a culinary class? You know, like it's really just really simple. And these things, it's so weird because for me saying them or you hearing them, they sound so innocuous and like easy breezy, but, but, for people that are really stuck in what's that going to look like and what if it doesn't work out, that, that, that are way in the future, like fast forwarding to all the what ifs, just taking a very simple step and taking a class for $50 brings up a lot of their stuff. Yeah, it's, it's actually you know? now we're going to start to go into the unknown. I like to hang yeah. out here, back here, and, and just kind of play it safe and just bitch and moan. <laughs> yeah. So I think the thing is, is for me with them is like, listen, just try not to fast forward into your future. It doesn't have to mean anything. It doesn't have to mean that you're going to win an Academy Award or you're going to have your your writing published or that you have to make a you know creme brulee in your very first class. It just means you're just going to explore something that your heart or your hunch or your aha or a part of you has been saying you've wanted to do. Just take it day by day. And then once you begin to work with that, you'll begin to see like, oh, okay, now this thing that seems so weird or scary or out there, I'm doing that. And then something else will develop and then you'll move. Like, in other words, I'm using my, my hands right now to show like there's a gap and like you'll begin to shorten the gap between where you are and what you want. But that only happens by actually doing it. And then you see like, oh, shit, that thing that was a dream of mine that seems so far in the future. If you just keep moving again in the direction of that, you'll see that the gap, the width between where you are and what you want begins to get shortened. And then you're like, oh, actually, that's not something that seems so far in the future for us or almost an impossibility. If you start to take action, even just baby steps, you begin to see it's not that far at all. But but it's it feels impossible if you don't move in the direction of it. Yeah, and it's it's just uh, to me it's just like reel in that 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 your 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 field of view. Like what's just, what's just the next step? You've got this exactly. outcome that you're focused on, but that's great. Now what what's just the very next step? What's the thing that's a that's an inch or two just beyond your your foot there? So that's exactly it. You All know, right. I just wrote something the other day about like you know the, the analogy is like you're driving in 
if you're driving at night in the fog, you just have to see in your headlights the, the, the next hundred feet in front of you. That's it. So you just keep sort of like doing it in increments. And then when you look back after a year, you're going to be like, whoa, look at how far I've come. It's so simple, but like, right, but not. But I think that's but I think that's why it's elusive is because the guy that's stuck is wanting some miracle. He's wanting to be rescued in some way. He's wanting that next book or that next podcast or the next phone call or the next woman or whatever that comes across to be. The, uh-huh. the savior kind of thing, like dun, 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 the, the clouds yeah. parted and then it was done. And we don't really want to hear the no, get off your ass and start walking step by step. Yeah. And that it's kind of a mundane process. Stephen Pressfield calls it turning pro or just like just doing that little bit every day. He, he's a he's a good friend of mine. He actually gave me a really great quote from my book. And yeah, he's a great example of just doing it. You know what I mean? Here are the big takeaways from our talk with Anthony Mindel. Number one, it's a waste of time trying to measure up to someone else's expectations. Many of us are trying to be who they think we should be, whether it's our parents, friends, our wife, or girlfriend, society. But most of these expectations are imaginary. It's a trap. By striving to meet these imaginary expectations, we shut down our own inner voice. We cut ourselves off from our own sense of direction and values. So consider this. If you're struggling to find meaning or passion, it's very possible that you're playing a role designed to please others instead of honoring yourself. Number two, no one has all of their shit together. If you're comparing yourself to others, worried you're missing out on some magic ingredient or using some imaginary yardstick to tell yourself where you should be and how you're supposed to be, just stop it. The only yardstick that matters is your own, and that yardstick is based on what is truly satisfying and fulfilling for you. If you're thinking that successful guy is successful because he has something you don't, it's BS. What truly makes the difference is how we face our fears and do the work at hand. So shift your focus from striving to measure up and instead confront your resistance if you want to make a real difference. Number three, one of the reasons we resist change is because we fear what others will say. What will they think of me? It's natural. We want to be a part of the group. We want to belong to our tribe. We don't want to alienate ourselves. So that said, there's a simple solution. Ready? Get over yourself. Most people are only truly concerned about one thing, and that's themselves. They're just not that worried about you and your decisions. In the limited days you have left on this planet, don't let worrying about what others might think keep you from doing what you really want to do. Number four, everything you want in life is in the unknown. It's beyond your safety net, your comfort zone. So waiting around for things to be completely safe, waiting around for the perfect time is just a trap. Going for what you want will always involve some risk. So what can you do? Expand your capacity to take risks and to be with uncertainty. They're never going away. So start small and build from there. Just focus on the small steps you can take every day. There are no guarantees, but by taking those small risky steps, the life you want will unfold. Wait around for the perfect time and nothing will. Number five, redefine your relationship to failure. Most of us are avoiding failure at all costs. It's just not an option. There's a little gremlin in there that says, if I fail, then I'll never recover. I'll be humiliated. All will be lost. Nothing will be gained. And this is a lie. This is the safety mindset. 
Now, a growth mindset anticipates failure. Failure is built into the process. Failure delivers experiences that allow us to move forward. Think about it. We all screw up many, many times in our lives and we keep going. Chances are you're pretty good at it. So consider what would be possible if you expected failure, but you decided that fear would not stop you. Number six, defining success based on the end result alone is a trap. Ultimately, it's about the process. It's the creative process that we usually find so rewarding. And it's a risky process. It's uncertain. Our need for safety will have us want to avoid it and go for the sure thing. Since kids, we've been trained to find finish lines, finish school, get a job, get married, buy the house, have kids, pay for college, retire, etc., etc., etc. That way of living dismisses the process and the unexpected amazingness that happens in between and after those milestones are reached. So flip it. Focus on the process and more importantly, focus on how you can enjoy it. Success will be determined by your experience, feeling fulfilled, feeling engaged, passionate, satisfied, alive. By doing this, you may find that the, quote, successful life you truly want is much more available than that list of accomplishments you've been prescribed. And number seven, if you're feeling stuck, find a way to simply start taking action. Get off your butt. Here's what I do with my coaching clients, and you can try to do this alone or better yet with someone who can hold you accountable. First, simply define a direction. What really matters to me? What would be satisfying? What hunch do I have? Second, Take small actions based on what is satisfying. This isn't about having it all figured out. This isn't about doing it all right now. Just start experimenting. Third, confront the fear. It may be a fear of failure, a fear of what others may think, a fear of uncertainty, but find the smallest step you can take and go into that fear. See if you survive. See if the sun comes up the next day. Most of the time it does. And fourth, Eliminate the drains and dramas and distractions in your life. Clear your living space of junk and clutter. Turn off the TV and the mindless web surfing. Spend less time with the gossipy folks and the drama queens. This will clear a lot of space and energy so you can sense what it is you truly want to do. Again, this is essentially the process I lead coaching clients through. It's simple and it's challenging. But if you're committed to the process, it's much, much easier. You don't have to do much or change much to feel a deep sense of relief. You don't have to do much to feel the satisfaction of knowing you're engaging your life instead of being bullied by your fears. So where, where can we learn more about you and pick up your book um, at Left Brain Turn Right? Yeah, um, well, you can... Uh, I'm not sure your listeners are probably all over the place. Like I think, you know, the easiest probably would be you can go to Amazon um, or you can go to www.leftbrainturnright.com and that will give you other, you know, it's at some Barnes and Nobles and certainly in LA and some specialty bookstores in in New York and LA. Um, But for those listeners that are not in those cities, like, I think Amazon is probably the best bet or our website. And then you can also go to my website, YouTube channel where I, I post like five minute videos about a lot of the things that we've discussed your trip, like just about conquering your fears and moving forward and shortening the gap and you know, all these things. And that's just Anthony Mindel and it's just on YouTube. You can Google my name. So very cool. Very cool. Well, Anthony, thank you so much for taking the time today. I've loved this conversation. It's right up Me my too. alley and uh, I could, I could rap about this all day. So you're welcome back anytime. Please let us know what you're up to and we'd love to have you back. Thanks trip. It was really inspiring. 
There's so much more to The New Man than these interviews. So visit thenewmanpodcast.com and join the mailing list so you never miss another update. Thanks for listening.